Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Romans, looking at Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 13. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our own instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement of the scripture we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ, that together you may with one voice glorified the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness, in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his peoples. And again, Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and let all the people extol him. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. In chapter 14, Paul had encouraged Christians who were strong in the faith to be accepting of those who were weak in the faith. And as we open this chapter, we have Paul saying, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. I have a couple of observations from my own experience in trying to implement these passages when there was a dispute in the church. First of all, very often the one who thinks he is the stronger brother really isn't. He's just trying to talk the other person into doing it his way because he knows more or he's had more experience or he knows how it ought to be. But then even when the stronger brother is obvious, they're not always willing to submit to this teaching. They think that because they are the stronger one, the weaker one should accept their point of view or their opinion because they don't know as much as I do. But here in this chapter, Paul not only tells us that we cannot be preoccupied with getting what we want, we have to consider our weaker brothers, he seems to be describing what that kind of strength looks like. Who are the strong? Paul starts out by talking about those who have strong actions. In chapter 14, he had let us know that it wasn't enough just to avoid doing bad things that may cause one to stumble. We actually must do good, according to chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. But Paul says those who are strong are the ones who are willing to please his neighbor for good, to build them up. 
If I'm truly strong, I don't use that strength to tear others down. I use it to build them up. And why does Paul say we need to do that? Well, it's because Jesus did it. That's exactly the way he treated us. And we need to be willing to pay that forward so that God receives the glory. Paul also says the strong have a strong faith. These are people whose faith has developed a strong hope, a knowing that everything God has said is going to come true. And Paul says that that happens through perseverance and encouragement that comes from God. He mentioned specifically that encouragement comes from Scripture. Everything that was written in the past was written for our encouragement. And we need to remember that being encouraged isn't just mean to make us feel better. It's to make us stronger, to give us more courage. And the words for motivation and instruction, the practical application of how to make that come about is found in Scripture. And the perseverance that brings us hope is one that's developed based on our understanding of and our belief in and our reaction to those scriptures. It's not enough just to read the words, hear them, even agree with them. We've got to practice them. In hearing God's words and putting them into practice, we come to develop a greater and greater trust in him because we see these things actually work. And as our experiences unfold and we learn to trust God in small things, we start to see that God is faithful in everything. And that allows us to have a hope that everything he's told us about resurrection and eternity with him are true. Paul also says the strong have a strong mind. In the translation I read in verse 15, it says that Christians should be in harmony with one another. Literally, the phrase there uh, can be translated, have the same mind as one another. The phrase there means to exercise the mind, or to be wise with one another. And Paul says that unity results in everyone being able to glorify God. A couple of observations. That unity is not the tolerance of all actions and behavior. Unity and uniformity are not the same thing, nor does it mean that you have to let everyone keep doing what's wrong just so that you don't upset the apple cart. When someone commits to being a part of a community of believers, part of that acceptance comes with accountability. Now that you're a part of that group, we hold each other to the same standard. And when we see a brother or a sister that is missing the mark, that is participating in behaviors that can be destructive to them or to the church, there is a time and a place to talk to them about it. But there's also a way to do it. We always do that with gentleness and respect. This kind of unity of mind and community wisdom does not come through forced compliance. I can't force, coerce, manipulate people into thinking like me or to doing things the way I want them done. I have to be willing to participate in discussions to figure out what's best for the group where they are now. This also doesn't mean that to be unified, I need to keep shopping around churches until I find a small little group who thinks in every way the way I do so that we can all be united. A strong mind means that I can formulate opinions. I can understand scripture in certain ways and bring that to the conversation as all of us are trying to get closer to God. I like that some translations translate that phrase, being of the same mind with one another. Because in chapter 7, verse 4, Paul had said, 
we need to have the same mind with Christ. If each member in the community desires to have the mind of Christ, that unity will be thinking like him. And then Paul says, we'll be able to, with one voice, worship our God. But ultimately, as Paul has discussed in chapters 14 and 15, ultimately those strong in the faith are the ones that are able to accept others. We've already made the point several times that that doesn't mean accepting every action and behavior. There are times and places to deal with those. But we welcome one another because we've been welcomed by Jesus. For those that have made a commitment to live like Jesus, we have the opportunity to teach and guide and direct, to be an example for. But we have to be open to all who come. No matter how grave we see their sin, we have to be welcoming because in all that we've done, God forgave us and God is willing to forgive them as well. We can't write them off or dismiss them before God has had a chance to do his work on them. The sins of others are not worse than our sins, nor do they need more grace than us. Jesus is the Messiah and the hope of all people. That's what Paul's talking about when he keeps repeating the the term Gentile. It can also be translated the nations. Jesus is the Messiah and the hope for all people all over the world, whether they're Jew or Gentile. So we must welcome all people so that God is glorified. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.